All right. Um, uh, our, around the new year, uh, nearly every year, I, I try to talk to you guys about the fundamentals of the Christian faith. And this morning is no exception. I watched a ball game last night um, on ESPN. It was uh, my first college football game, full college football game of the season. Um, I still feel guilty doing, <laughs> doing that when the kids are running around upstairs and my wife is pulling her hair out. Um, but I, I did. I watched one, the Big Ten Championship game. Ohio State Buckeyes were playing the ACC champion, the, the Clemson Tigers. And it was an amazing game. There were lots of twists and turns um, and, of course, controversial calls, uh, most of which uh, the uh, Buckeyes suffered from. Um, and after this Clemson comeback, Ohio State still, in the final seconds, had a chance to go ahead and, and win this ball game. They took a shot in the in the end zone, and it appeared as though the receiver and the quarterback had a miscommunication. The receiver thought that the quarterback was going to scramble, so he took an alternate route. Um, his his route he changed midstream, and and it turns out the the quarterback hung in the pocket and threw a dart right where it was was supposed to go and the defender saw it because he had his head on the on a swivel and, and on the quarterback and he ended up intercepting the ball game over uh, Clemson win and so Clemson not Ohio State will play for their third national championship in the last four years on Monday January 13th in a game where the quarterback and backfield for Ohio State looked fantastic it all came down to a play and to communication is what it came down to. We might call it a fundamental. Um, I uh, think that, that fundamentals are not automatic. Even the fundamentals need to be taught over again. They need to be returned to. Um, so we're going to teach them to all nine of you this morning in this early service. Um, and it, Because the same is true of spiritual discipleship. It is. And so I want to share with you a, a story. I, um, in college, was listening to a guest speaker. I've never forgot this story. I don't know why it stuck with me. I think, you know, we remember what's pertinent or relevant to us at a given point in time. And, it, and they, those, the, those lessons or those thoughts or those scriptures just stick with us when we're most vulnerable to need to hear what they have to say. And so the story has always stuck with me. And, and the guest speaker told a story about his wife being pregnant and in the hospital, in the maternity ward, and having, I think, their third child. And he's with the two old oldest in a flower shop trying to shop for a nice bouquet for mom who's in the hospital with the oldest two kids and he picks out the perfect bouquet and gets up to the to the uh, counter and leans the bouquet down and in, into in in front of the faces of his kids don't they, don't these smell wonderful kids mom's gonna love these and the lady behind the counter true story says what are you talking about I don't smell anything he says, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, are, you, are, are you congested or are, are you ill? I, I don't get it. And she's like, no, sir. She said, I've been working in this flower shop for over 25 years. And I just can't smell the flowers anymore. And I think for those of us in particular who have been in church for a long time, I think we can, we can grow to a place where we're not 
smelling flowers. And it's a tragic place to be in when you can't sense the beauty of God and treasure his friendship and endure him in a sincere and authentic way. And so as we head into a new decade, crazy, um, I just want to make sure that, that we smell the flowers and, and that we communicate with our quarterback and that we, and, and I assure you, nobody needs to hear this sermon more than me, okay? So I'm not, I can often justify, justify um, spending time with God through sermon preparation, and every preacher will tell you it's not the same. Every preacher will tell you it doesn't matter how much time you spend preparing a sermon. It's not quality time with God for yourself because you have others in mind. You're not simply there to adore God. You're there with a homework assignment. You're there with an agenda. And so I need to hear this as much as you do. Um, I have in seasons failed miserably in the fundamentals. None of us are immune. Um, Not to mention that in the digital age, life is so busy and we become so preoccupied by our smartphones and by social media and we get wires crossed and signals mixed. And so I just want to invite you along with me to commit, to commit and to mean it, and to stick with it to quiet time with God this year on a daily basis. Can you tell by my karate chops that I'm serious? Okay? So, um, it might seem like this is something followers of Christ ought to know. Um, some of you will, will actually be hearing this for maybe the very first time today. Others of us need to be reminded. If there is no mention of such things, we'll be caught running the wrong route at the wrong time. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we can come full circle and, and get back and set a window of time aside every day to meet with God. It would seem to be a no-brainer. You would think that the importance of time with God is seared into our individual consciences, um, but the reality is it requires discipline. And in a week or two, if, if you... Uh, don't have already, I should say in a few days, you might get a a gym membership. This happens every year on January 1st, right? And and you commit to taking advantage of such a privilege. Um, If you've already paid your monthly dues, um, allow me to give you a sobering thought on uh, uh, what really is the eve, you know, a few days uh, of New Year's. We lose our physical fitness three times faster than we gain our physical fitness, What that means for a pudgy man such as myself is that if I lose weight, it takes me three times as fast to put it back on as it does when I gain it. If you, let's say you're a muscle-bound hunk of sorts, put on muscle mass, it will fade away three times as fast as you put it on. Okay, so that means if it takes me three months to lose five pounds, it takes me a month to put five pounds back on. Isn't that depressing? I mean, it's depressing. This physical fitness takes work, does it not? 
Um, and, and so does spiritual development. It doesn't mean it's not possible to become fit. Of course it is. It, it, it's not that it's not possible to lose weight. It simply means that it requires a commitment. And our commitment to God is no different. It does require discipline. Generally speaking, we don't stumble into a profound, meaningful relationship with our creator any more than an NFL team stumbles into the Super Bowl. Okay, so it requires discipline. And the author of Hebrews, who most scholars believe to be Paul, grew very, very frustrated. And I'm not frustrated today, but he was frustrated with a group of Christians who thought it would be okay to serve Christ without working on it. And he confronted them. And in chapter 5, verse 12, he says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. In other words, you should be on solid food right now, but you're not. You're still on a bottle. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Okay? Um, still a baby Christian. Uh, verse 18 of 2 Peter 3 says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So there's a word that floats around Christian circles, and we hear this as pastors when we go to conferences, and it's a word, um, discipleship. And, and it's a buzzword, and, and a pastor will say to another pastor, hey, what are you doing in terms of discipleship? And, 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 well, we're doing this. What are you doing in terms of discipleship? What those pastors mean to say when they talk to each other is, what are you doing to get your people to discipline themselves to follow after God? What strategies, what techniques, what has been effective to get people to pursue the Lord? Um, what are you getting them to, to do to engage their Bibles? Um, are you giving them reading assignments? Is everybody in the same book? What are you doing on Sunday mornings? And we have these conversations. And what I want to explain is, is that at the root of the word disciple is what word? Discipline. Discipline. And so um, we, we cannot be... I want to be very careful that I don't create any notion in your minds of works righteousness where we earn God's favor. But I, but I do want to posit that we cannot be full-throated disciples of Jesus Christ without some measure of discipline in our lives. Um, you can't excel at fourth quarter drives without practicing fourth quarter drives. You can't grow in your spiritual walk without some habits, okay? And so, here's how Webster defines a habit. A continual, often unconscious inclination to do a certain activity acquired through frequent repetition. I want to read that again. It's a beautiful definition. Didn't he have a knack with words, Webster? A continual often unconscious inclination to do a certain activity acquired through frequent repetition. Just think about it for a minute. The people you know who are truly physical fit, how do they become truly physical fit? By repetition. By continuing to do the same thing over and over again. And if repetition is accompanied by duration, 
if it becomes continual, and then if it becomes unconscious, Webster says, it becomes a habit. It becomes something we don't even think about. It becomes so natural, like breathing. And what I desire for you and myself is to have such a deep love for the, for the Word of God that it becomes as, as often and as continual as breathing. And that it fuels our faith and fuels our practice. Um, you, you can't go to the Canal Fitness Center and sit down on a uh, folding lawn chair and watch everybody else work out and grow in muscle mass or burn calories. I know, I've tried it. No. Likewise, you cannot come to church and plop down in a seat and watch everybody else worship and grow in your faith. True faith is deeply personal. And so you, you cannot open the Bible in the, in the mornings or at night and go to sleep um, what I, what, I, what I meant to say was you can open the Bible in the mornings and, and at night, and when it's authentic and when it's a habit, you can go to sleep. Just like the Bible says, there's fruit of the Spirit, there's blessings that the Word tells us will, will accompany us in life if we're faithful to these practices, and, and, and they include being more loving and more kind and more peaceful and more charitable, and, and more self-controlled, and more gentle with others. And really, it becomes a, a, a reverse corollary to where when we're with God more, like it, and, and habitually so, we can't resist the growth. We surprise ourselves with how quickly and how rapidly we grow in Christ's likeness. And some of you say, you know, Pastor, to be honest, we're new around here. We, we started coming in 2019, and church attendance has been a big, big commitment to us. And, and just establishing we are now coming to church, and, and I want you to know I am so proud of you. That is amazing. Keep with it. Stick with it. What I'm, what I'm adding this morning is that um, even though you're enjoying church, even though you may be sensing God's presence in this place on Sundays, there is more to what you have experienced thus far. And by comparison, it is fascinating and mind-blowing and heart-rendering and life-changing. And so, not even Sunday mornings, I promise, I promise, can compete with the sweet presence of God that you experience on your own. How many of you have experienced the presence of God in your kitchen or in your living room or at a coffee table and would say nothing compares to that? Nothing compares to that. Three hands went up, but a lot more, four or five, but a lot more people are shaking their head yes. It truly is better than Sundays. 
And so we want that for you. We want you to get alone with him. The Apostle Paul said, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but I discipline my body, I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Um, I don't know about you, those verses make me want to get involved. They make me want to explore the scriptures, God's gift to us. Um, I, I don't want to sit on the bench. I, I want to be a part of the team. But how in the world do I do it? Where in the world do I start? These are the questions people have. Um, have you seen, Pastor, how many pages there are in the Bible? Have you read Leviticus? Okay. And I would respond, I'll admit, there are parts of the Bible that are very, very difficult. Uh, I'm going to be recommending a New Testament reading plan uh, to you today um, in 2020 for that very reason, that much of the Old Testament is particularly difficult, and there are many manners and customs that are just otherworldly to us as 21st century Christians. And so um, I will tell you, though, that all of the Bible, including the Old Testament, when you fully understand its meaning, um, is is at sometimes seemingly irrelevant, but far from irrelevant. It's God's heart to us all the way through, all 66 books. And it's all communicating the same story, the same big story. We, we learned this uh, through an, ad, oh man, the Burris family has found, we were gifted this from a friend, an amazing advent calendar for kids. It's a, it's a book about this thick, and, and it's not all pages, but it pops open and a Christmas tree pops up. It's like paper art, right? And the Christmas tree pops up, and then you have around the Christmas tree 25 little cardboard doors that pop open. And, and you have a book that's stationed in the, in the calendar. And every day in the big book, you take out the little book and you read the day's devotional, December 3rd. We read December 3rd. And then after the devotional, which is all about leading you up to Christ's birth and educating the kids, you, you pull out out of the number three door an ornament and they hang it on the tree. And it's the cutest thing on Christmas Day. You, you top it off with a star. And, and everything leads to the climax of Jesus' amazing birth uh, to the Virgin Mary and, and her husband Joseph. And it's just a remarkable resource. I don't know why I went there. I'm going to give you other resources too. Um, but, I, but I just want to tell you that's, that's a place you can begin if you choose. Um, here's, here's some ways that I want to give you practically to study the scriptures. Find a Bible you can understand. I would not, you may have grown up in a fundamentalist home, I would not recommend the King James Version. It's just an old English that we don't speak. It's, it's just hard to understand. So we would advocate for the NIV, the New International Version, or the ESV, the English Standard Version. I'm even a big fan of people who are very green, um, getting the message, which you can get for like $12 on Amazon.com. It's a paraphrase. It's not an actual translation, but it's in the words of a guy named Eugene Peterson, uh, a Presbyterian pastor. I want to say he actually passed away a couple years ago. Uh, is that right? I think so. Um, at any rate, amazing resource, the, the message um, written in modern day language. It's so conversational. 
and you can read the Bible this way. Um, for those of you uh, desiring a, a deeper study, I love the ESV study Bible. My mother-in-law gave me a leather-bound ESV study, but I've used it in many a sermon preparations. The content, everything below the line is like robust commentary on everything above the line, which is the actual scriptures, and there's cross-referencing. And I, I would encourage that if you're looking to go deeper in your walk with God. Um, so in addition to finding a Bible that you love, I want to encourage you to get a system. A system, for example, may be reading three to four chapters a day. If you read three to four chapters a day and you have the time or you can carve out the time, you can get through the whole Bible, Old and New Testament, in a year. It can take 10 to 15 minutes. Three to four chapters takes me actually 30 to 45 minutes because I'm a very slow reader. I, I, I have to digest and comprehend and slow down. Um, I want to show you a plan today called the 5x5x5. Five by five by five. This is put out by navigators. I put copies for you on the table at the back. This is a New Testament plan, okay, that you can, you can Google Bible reading plan and come up with a million, okay? So this is just one, um, but I like this because particularly for those who are new, five minutes a day, five days a week, and five ways to go deeper in your relationship with God. So let me just read this to you. If you're not used to reading the Bible daily, start with this easy to use five minutes a day. This reading plan will take you through all 260 chapters of the New Testament, one chapter per day. The Gospels are read throughout the year to weave in the story of Christ all year long. Uh, five days a week, determine a time and a location and spend five minutes a day for five days a week. It's best to have consistent time in a quiet place where you can regularly meet with the Lord and five ways to go deeper. Pause in your reading to dig into the Bible. Here are five ways. Underline or highlight keywords or phrases. Use a pen or a highlighter to mark new discoveries. Put it in your own words. Um, I hope you didn't grow up in, in, in a home or with a mindset that taught that the Bible isn't to be touched or manipulated in any way. That, that It is holy, but but the saints, it's so neat to get handed down the Bible of a saint in our tradition like my grandfather where every page has writing in it and highlighting. You knew there was time spent. You knew new discovery was happen, happening all the time. I would encourage you to mark in your Bible, write notes, highlight, underline. Um, put it in your own words is the second recommendation. Rewrite it. Um, ask and answer questions. Number three, capture the big idea. Number four, and personalize the meaning. How could my life be different today as I respond to what I'm reading? I love this plan. Uh, aside from those introduction, introductory uh comments or, or uh, ways to instructions. Um, the rest of the pages is just check boxes for what you read. So in January, for example, January 1 is Mark chapter 1. January 2 is Mark chapter 2. So if you have your new Bible and you have your plan, you can simply open to the front table of contents, find Mark chapter 1 and what page it's on in your Bible, turn to it and read that chapter for the day with the big number 1. Stop when you get to the big number 2 and do that the next day. Okay, so this is awesome. Uh, right back by the Christmas tree is a stack of these if you'd like to try this plan. If you are uh, technologically inclined, I almost, because I love the, the physical 
Bible so much. I, I, I just almost wince every time I make a recommendation for a digital. But this is the reality of the world we live in, right? And to be honest, I have loved hearing audibly the Bible read to me in, the, in my bed as I lay there at night. And maybe you will too. So there are a few different uh, apps that I want to recommend to you, um, a couple of which are, I think are relatively new. One is Uversion. It's been around forever. It's kind of like the standard Y-O-U, Uversion. Or you could just, just type in the app store Holy Bible. It's probably the first one that'll pop up. It looks like a brown Bible that says Holy Bible on it. And you can download that. It has a number of reading plans inside. You can search temptation and have a Bible reading plan on temptation. You can search uh, unity in the home. You know, you can search uh, whatever you want to search and you can have a Bible reading plan for that topic. Or you can choose a chronological study, which is the Bible. Um, just quickly, the Bible is uh, arranged by genre of literature, not in chronological order. So if you want to read the Bible in chronological order, you have to get a Bible that's arranged chronologically, and you can do that uh, in hard print or uh, digitally. Um, also, um, there are two other apps, so, so Uversion, uh, a new one called Abide, Abide, which is um, available on the App Store and, and also on Android phones. And the third one I'll recommend to you is one called Jewel. I just saw Matt Chandler recommend this one, Jewel. Um, it costs $29.99 a year. Um, you, you can try it for a week for free. I would suggest to you that's a very small investment if you find an app that you love to use for spiritual growth. And you can pick, like, for example, an African to read the Bible to you. Now, if you've never heard African music or, or seen, heard the scriptures read by someone with an African dialect with, you can also choose ambient music, okay? It's like, oh, this is heaven, right? So maybe you would be encouraged to, to do an app like Joel. So find a Bible, find a system. My last recommendation uh, to you this morning is find a time. Find a time. A quiet time is exactly what its name suggests. It's a time that you set aside. And you'll be most successful if it's the same time. I think there's a lot to say about a morning time. We see that in, in the characters in the Bible who woke early to pray. Jesus himself withdrew to a lonely place to pray in the mornings. Um, I think there's a lot of, of sense to be made out of... Um, Tune your instrument before the concert, not after the concert, right? Sharpen your skills before your day, not at the end when you're putting kids to bed and you, you just crash, you know? So maybe the morning would be uh, the time for you and choose a place. Find an office, find a coffee table, find a sunroom. Find a place, make it holy ground, seek God there, spend time in the scripture, spend time in prayer. I'm not going to go in, in prayer uh, to any degree today. Um, but, and let me just tell you in closing a few problems that you're going to have. Um, you're going to have the problem of discipline in general. Am I going to get out of bed? My alarm just went off. 
or I'm tired, I'm going to hit snooze a few times. Um, that's been called the battle of the blankets. Um, here's a few recommendations. Go to bed earlier. One that I love doing is set the Bible open to where you're going to read the next morning when you go to bed. There's just something about that little intentional act of preparing it to be read that is enough to kind of kick you into gear when the alarm goes off in the morning. Um, get up as soon as you wake up. As soon as you wake up. That's another one. And then fall asleep thinking kingdom thoughts. Lord, I just can't wait to meet with you in the morning. I love you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of any unrighteousness. Change me. I know your mercies are new tomorrow. I love you. I adore you. I can't wait to meet with you. Amen. Just saying a prayer like that before you go to bed is a game changer for the morning. Another one, uh, a problem you have is of distractions. Um, I would encourage you to get thoroughly dressed before you have your quiet time. Splash water in the face. Um, wake. I used to have in college to stand on the bathtub wall to read the Bible because I'd fall asleep if I didn't balance. Okay? Um, how can you eliminate distractions? Have a cup of coffee or two or three to get ready to receive from God. It's sad that we need that, but the reality is some of us do. And that's a sermon for a different time. Um, walk while you're reading, while you're praying. There are just little things you can do. Uh, another one um, that I'll give you before concluding is um, the problem of diligence. Because you will, if, if you fall off the wagon, just like anything else, you don't take advantage of the gym membership or you promise yourself you're not going to cuss in 2020 and you let a few words slip or fly and then you, you will beat yourself up. You will shame yourself into a non-existent quiet time. So here's what I want to leave you with and encourage you with. Um, I, I b believe so strongly that instead of being devoted to the discipline, we ought to be disciplined to the devotion. Instead of being devoted to the discipline, a discipline is just a discipline. It doesn't matter what it is. We ought to discipline ourselves to be devoted to God. What's more important? What's more important is the devotion. So you fall off the wagon and you get back on and you say, God, I love you. I know your grace is sufficient. I, I adore you. Forgive me. I want to spend time with you again. Let's go. Let's go. I'm devoted to you. I know you're devoted to me. It's not about the discipline. Even great disciplines like the Sabbath was made for man, right? Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. So the devotion is more important. I'll leave you with this scripture, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Father, I pray that you would challenge us, Lord. And I, and I pray that we would acquiesce. I pray that we would submit to your challenge, to your lordship, and that we would honor you in setting time aside. We have such a young church. I feel like with little children, this is so much more a difficult commitment and task than when I was a single man 
in college with no other people to be responsible for. It is, it is difficult, Lord, but you desire to be with us. And, and everything we should do, we do should flow out of our love for you and our time spent with you. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give us strength to get alone with you, to grow, to be changed, to see ourselves through your word, as, as James said, as if in a mirror, that your word would reflect to us, back to us, who we are and how we can change to glorify you. And so we love you, Lord. We thank you today for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.